Hi everyone, thank you for joining me at Nikki Dare Radio and Podcast. My name is Nikki Dare. Idea was born of personal hardship, triumph, and the desire to succeed. Idea is an acronym for integrity, of diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. It is the hallmark of my life, derived from learning to evolve through difficult circumstances and experiences that result from challenges. And these challenges without obstacles, we never would know the true meaning of success or feel the exaltation or triumph over adversity. My personal mission, therefore, is to help you encounter your purpose and live your best, your best life, your inherent potential, and finding joy in the journey. I did, and so can you. It is about personal empowerment and unlocking your inner potential. Most of all, it's about living a lifestyle of adventures in the outdoors. I dare, therefore, is a way of life. So please join me to discover your inner potential by sharing some of your own challenges. So thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Let's make it a great, great and joyful week this week. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast hosted by Nikki Dare is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Women's Advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies, and decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Hey, apa kabar? Selamat pagi, bonjour, bonus dias, good morning guys, happy to be here with you all. Certainly we can learn a lot from journey, some of these journeys from these fascinating leaders. Welcome to another inspiring session with us here. Great inspiring guest with me this morning. I am Nikki Dare, your host, and our goal is to inspire, grow with industry leaders across the globe together, collaboratively and collectively to let their voices, our voices heard in this mirrors of issues and challenges we business leaders and, and just inspiring uh, leaders facing today and share incredible stories with our journeys, their journeys to continue their successes, empowering us to all break through our limiting beliefs and achieve personal and professional success. Our exclusive guest this morning, Paul Gunn Jr. Help me welcome Paul Gunn. Hey, how are you doing this morning? I'm well, thanks, Nikki, for having me. <laughs> for, thank you for coming in. Okay, thanks for having me, Nikki. I, I appreciate you making the time for me to come on here. Great. 
So I want to read a little bit here about Paul. Uh, he's a very good friend and highly skilled in procurement. And uh, he's involved in logistics and supply chain for Department of Defense. Uh, in private sector, he has been um, uh, featured in USA Today and Wall Street Journal best as a best-selling author. Is that right? So that was- <laughs> He is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling author and many, many more. So <laughs> help me welcome my guest this morning, Paul Gunn Jr. Great. Thanks, Nikki, for having me. <laughs> okay. Let's get started and let's dive in. Share with us a little bit about your background and why I chose this profession or career. And so tell us why and tell us your story. So we want to hear it from you. I got into this because of my passion where my brother served and my dad served and I have extended family who served and I wasn't, I was denied access into the military because of plantar fasciitis as what was told to me was my brother went in right after 9-11 and that's kind of when I want to go in. So this is my passion and way of really giving and, and supporting that desire to want to go in and serve and help others and live that life. So this is where I stand in terms of being able to give and support those who aren't. I don't know. I'm, uh, I forgot what I said on the first time. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> because you get distracted many times. And I- yeah, I'm here. I'm here and have the stuff going on out there. So, no, so, so my passion for doing this is seeing that there was a need to help and support those who are overseas. So, even if I wasn't serving, I saw it as my passion and my desire to be able to supply the material, knowing. And it may not always save their life, but it puts them in a better position to get home. And that's the way I viewed it for me having my brother and different family members over there. You just want them to get home. So if I was able to be an avenue to help support and get equipment, routes and different things to help them succeed and their missions, then I took this very seriously. I take every order serious, whether it's a $10 pair of socks or a whole complete unit system to get over there, they all mean the same thing to me. So if something goes wrong, I I take it personally because of how passionate I am about it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have found landed your purpose and passion yeah. with that. And you also wrote a book called Empathy yeah. Leader. It's, it's called um, Succeed the Right Way, Whatever compassionate business person should know and it's based on those principles of how I was able to have success in the two different companies both of them have been able to reach the Inc. 5000 and both times in the top 500 basically using this concept as empathy as the foundation and it's kind of my story on how it was done and how I see others being able to have that same level of success uh, congratulations, first of all. And this is being yeah. your first pu- published book? Yes, this is my first published solo book, yeah. Congratulations. I know how yeah. it feels, believe me. Yeah. And I bet you you're counting the dates until September 20, yeah. right? Setting exactly. the date. 
Okay. You know? <laughs> can you, well, do you hear him in the back there making noise? If it's too much, just let me know. That's okay. Know. That's okay. I mean, uh, everybody that does meetings now, they have their kids on their laps. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's true. Okay, we're going to no, so Yeah. So okay. that quiet that quiet warrior concept, basically, it's like when you have those strike teams going, you actually see the result. You don't see them coming. You, you may see, but by the time it's too late. So that's basically just empathy and kindness. By the time somebody looks to be responding to it, they've already been touched. Your effect on them has already touched them. So it's quiet in the sense that people overlook the quiet person in the room. You overlook the quiet team member who's a voice, who's watching everything, who has the solution, who has an ability to do it. They, you need to pay attention or be mindful of these type of people. The same way there's that same level of effect on them. Most people have a tendency to overlook the quiet person who's responding, who's taking an unconventional method on a situation and using that to basically not attack per se, but to calm and respond in a way that has the best solution in the end. So it's it's from that theory of being quiet, but still yeah. having an attack on. It's almost like uh, what they say, you know, good good leaders are the best listeners and they will yep. always like sit in the back and listening and then have the last say yep. uh, after the group. And I, I must tell you, I'm that way. I, I call myself <laughs> introvert because I just said, yeah, you can have your mic. You can talk all day. And when it comes around to me, it's like, whoops, time's up. <laughs> I can't yeah. talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. yeah, about the quiet, um, the quiet warrior. And um, tell us more about that book. It's an empathy leadership, right? It's called? Yes, it's, it's, it's called Succeed the Right Way with Every Compassionate Business persons you know and it's basically my view on how empathy played a role in our success and how i feel it can help others play a role and it's it's heavily on it comes from listening the first thing you see many people in a leadership in a boss role i would say because a true leader is going to listen true leader is going to want to take that notion that others have tools and contributions that can be made to make everyone else better. So a leader is going to listen first. That's the premise on empathy, hearing what others may have to say and looking, being proactive and looking for where a contribution can come from. Yeah, I think I, you know, that struck a chord with me what you just said, because uh, every time when I think about leadership, I always go back to, um, the military cadre, right? Yeah. That you know how leaders in the military, um, like boot camp, for example. I mean, you know, they yeah. not not the sergeant. I'm talking about the leader, right? Yeah. I mean, they would they would show humility and they show um, they they don't show you like they know it all. They even though they do perhaps, right? But yeah. they just sit in the back and they watch every one of the members do their part, right? Until, I mean, do their part because that's what they are being asked to do, to do, to do their parts, part of being a team member and team working. And a good leader just sit in the back and giving the task, giving the command, giving all of this enough to let everybody be participating, everybody to be involved. And 
when it's time for him to come in, then he will or she will come in. Not necessarily all talk, all this, all command, all this. And I want to go back to the military concept. It's very true. I mean, um, you know, when you look at great leaders, they have all of this mental toughness. They have all of this, uh, the resilience, the, uh, the grit, the, uh, you know, they know how to lead in crisis because this is what's going on right now when we're in the global disruption currently. I think we need leaders, more leaders know how to lead during crisis. What do you think, Paul? I do. It's just an excellent point. And there's a part in there I referenced. If you've read the book, Extreme Ownership, I know a lot of people like that. One of the biggest things I got from that book, and it was just my take. I absolutely love that book. I think it's one that speaks on leadership. But when I took out of that, it takes empathy to get a bunch of team members to work and get on a line, go into a danger zone, look after everyone's back, and still make decisions that ultimately affect people's lives. And what I took most when he wrote that was when they left the battlefield and went into corporate settings and dealt with people, one, that probably didn't know anything about their background and who they were basically being combative with. And they go in and they have to have a cognitive understanding of who that person is. And then they use compassion and kindness in getting someone who was head on not wanting to change. That's not brute force. That's someone who has an understanding mentally and has the strength to be able to tell you in a compassionate way, that's not going to work. That's not nice. They weren't being nice. They were being kind. That's two different things. And that was one of the biggest things out of that book that I saw saying, okay, it is a excellent leadership book. I absolutely love that extreme ownership and to show a high level of cognitive empathy for you to be able to take extreme ownership. You own your mistakes. You own the error if you take it and don't do it. That's not a weak person. Look, the Navy SEALs, it's nothing weak about them. And yet they're the ones going in showing you how to lead in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. That, that's my take on it. Others may view it a different way, but I took from there, they're highly aware of their empathetic nature to go in and lead that way, especially in austere environments. I think, I think the world needs more of that, uh, especially with the world that's losing a lot of um, its, its own. um, I don't want to say integrity, but its own. um, uh, I don't know, like the basic human foundation of just feelings, you know, because we're, 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 look at the social media, for example. I mean, look at the social media. We live in social media these days, right? Um, Is it more facade? We don't know. I mean, you know, who's who behind that, right? And people are just spending so much time on social media. And then it it becomes like a different reality, right? And they don't have a a basic ground anymore in their own reality at a home front, right? Um, But I'm speaking of that just sometimes when I like, yeah, I spend so much time. But investing in your time, obviously, right? But I'm fascinated about the story about empathetic uh, leader and – you know, the part where you say, I know that we recognize that leadership is so important these days because we are leading and we make decisions. Sometimes we are forced to make decisions rather quickly. And a lot of, a lot of those decisions affect other people's lives, right? And well-being. Um, it is so important to stay in tune, stay focused in what we do 
and the purpose of what we do in our business. Um, empathy leader. When is the book going to be out? Yeah, it's it's supposed to be out at nine twenty one. It's available for pre order now. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> see, see you here. Hold on. Yes. Okay. Where is this case? <laughs> That's okay. The life of Paul Gunn. <laughs> yeah. This is, you're seeing firsthand now what's, what's so difficult about it. So, That's okay. All right. I miss okay. my kids, by the way, yeah. watching that. <laughs> I have a puppy at home. <laughs> yeah, see? see I have a puppy you at home. <laughs> Which is uh, crazy sometimes. That's yeah. adorable distraction. But yeah, yeah, as you were saying um, about the book and the, you know, we, 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 we sort of um, drive from our military, you know, concepts, strategic thinking when it comes to leading in crisis. And you were about to tell us about your book. Yeah, so uh, it comes out, it's scheduled for nine, release on 921. So okay. it's available for pre-order now, and it's it's based on those principles, empathy and kindness in business and, and how it helped me and how it can be a kind of a roadmap for others. We were able to get two firms successfully on the Inc. 5000 all in the span of less than a decade. So it, there is some truth how this works and how I see others being able to benefit. I see the work you're doing, how you, you connect with others and then they just have such a strong loyalty and following because it's not necessarily a following. There's just an initial basis on feeling that sense for someone else's caring and, and moving towards it. And I will say one of the biggest things from that, since it takes time and energy to stop, you do get people saying, well, Paul, you're taking a long time to get to me. And, and it's not that you're avoiding them. You're just putting so much energy into the projects that they're doing and, and trying to help and connect. So there's that perception that you just may be like you're not caring or you're pushing them off. Yet you're behind the scenes working to move and take action. And it's that quiet warrior. So it gets around to, oh, well, I didn't realize you had been working on it. You know, don't necessarily take that I'm quiet, that I'm not trying to work and push. Yeah, that's a great point, Paul, because, I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned about the Sonic Warriors. It's very true. Yeah. They all work uh, behind the background. Um, and then, you know, get shit done, basically, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> They're not really on social media and six selfies and say, look yeah. at me right now, right? Yeah. Those are not those silent warriors. Um, yeah. I, I want to just say out loud in this, include this, um, I want to uh, hats off to most of my volunteers, to so all of my volunteers, team members that who had been, uh, you know, alongside with me um, to do the grassroots works along all of these years in the past years where I... Whenever I pick up the phone and I say, hey, let's go do this. Um, and then, you know, I'll get a handful of my volunteers and let's get shit done. You know, whether we go to the beach clean up, whether we go to the shelter and helping the victims, you know, of the 
uh, wildfires and things like that, or just grab cases of water, you know, from the, the nearest uh, local store, Costco, or what have you. And then we just go straight to the subject. We just go straight taking care of shit. And that's what we do. And, you know, I think it goes a long way when you talk about leadership is leading, leading others to be the same leading. So, you know, the word leaders create more leaders, basically. And then that's what, you you know, this, this world needs more of that rather than all this facade and 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 things like that. I'm not going to talk about negative in this, but I'm just going to say, I've seen it, observe it. Even if I'm out there doing uh, grassroots work, boots on the grounds and things like that, I'm pretty sure there's so many things out there, so many stories that you can share with us. Well, no, and that's why I think like Alani, when you even how you got me on the first one at that summit, that didn't want to do it, but because of what you were doing, it's like, okay, fine, I'll come up and do it because your heart is there what you're doing for others. And that's what I'm saying. You align that, that that creates a vortex for others want to get along and align with a mission. The way I see millennials, sorry, I got a call coming in and seeing they do it. They're aligning behind a purpose. And if it doesn't fit, they don't, they don't want to be bothered with it. There has to be something aligned to a purpose and a cause. And, and I feel what you're doing is really helping others and it's something to get behind. There needs to be a focus on situational awareness. There needs to be a focus on people having this ability to sustain themselves and go past it. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, people talk about that. You know, how can we sustain after crisis or during crisis, sustain our business, sustain ourselves, sustain our personal as well as our professional lives together, you know? Um, yeah. Everybody's just rushed through with that. I, I think I want to go back again to the back to basics about human connection and then human, um, you know, capital, I, I should say. That, okay. You know, how business, um, how business landscape is changing, has shifted to hey, it's no longer, it's no longer the, the, the profit making the revenue, talk about the numbers and all of this at the back end, right? Now we're talking yeah. about keeping a good company, keeping good people with us so we can drive, drive our company, you sure. know, success and healthy. Um, so people are really, really are the assets to any company. I believe, I still believe in that. I don't believe, I know, I know profit is also, Making profits also a goal, a business, you know, uh, a mission. But I think keeping the company healthy and also sustainable, I think having the right people to be in that business. What do you think? Oh, I, I think it's uh, it, it's 100% on where it's going and you have to have the right people there. And without that sustainability and that focus on leadership, it's just not going to work. I think, look at what happened when all the social unrest came. That was a mass people moving for a collaborative sense to get things done. Like you said, to get that stuff done. That takes team, that takes empathy, that takes seeing someone who doesn't look like you and they have a back, different background and coming together to unite for something to push an agenda for. And I do feel people... What is it? It's almost like this social responsible businesses are are moving towards that. When who can they support now if they're not able to implement all the sustainability issues or products in there now? So if they can donate resources, that's a start. But if they have the ability to implement, then implement it. And and 
my personal view is you need to go to people like you're saying who are doing the grassroots exactly. and going that way. And that takes an empathetic leader to say, sorry, you know, do we do have extra room to go support a cause because it's the right thing, whether we're getting credit for doing it or not. Is, right. It's going to help. I look at our son now and say, exactly. what, what type of words are you going to leave for these kids if you don't take that now? So worry exactly. if you if you made $100 million. If you got 10 to give it to help sustain life from somewhere else, then donate it. You're going to make that back anyway. That's right. And here's the thing about that, in addition to what you say, is that experience, a hands-on yeah. experience. Yeah. Speak loud. <laughs> Louder yeah. than, than any any social media posts or social media photos and things like that. It's on experience. When you take yourself out there, you know, with your team, and then you do what you say you would do, and you you commit to that, right? And the grassroots it is, the mission is established, you know, the mission is accomplishing, the mission is, is being implemented, executed. There's nothing worth more than that in a company. I'm serious about that. Because you have have safe lives, you have helped helped a lot of people, millions of peoples along the way. So I think I think empathetic leader, like you said, is really needed in the world that we're currently living in right now. Yeah. So, what are? Let me ask a couple of questions. What are your personal? What are your personal advices to? Uh, you know, other business leaders, uh, and then maybe perhaps I can ask the same question to younger generation, to the next generation, regards to the journey to your success. And, um, you know, you mentioned about, you know, you follow your passion to become your purpose in life and things like that. What are your personal advice in that alignment? All right. I will here. Do you pause it so I can move more? Yeah, sure. Okay, so let me move. <laughs> so let me see if I can. Okay. That's good. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So. My advice, especially for the youth, and I talk about it in that book, it is a strength. It is a, it, it speaks volume to me. When I see youth, there was a, uh, an intern that came with us. He was spot on. He was sharp. He knew what he wanted. He talked with empathy. He talked with kindness and everything about him. When you went and checked, I said, this really speaks volumes that a youth so young can have a mentality to know that he's, in a leadership position or seeking to become in a leadership position. And, and that is what really said he had strength. Hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, you may have to cut this. Sorry, he's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, let, let me, yeah. let me just, let me just uh, start and warm you up a little bit. You know, uh, Paul, as, as you already may be aware already, right. Um, yeah. To this generation. I mean, there, there's so many opportunities out there, right. So many opportunities. I talk to different different variety of level of uh, profession. I mean, people, uh, young generation is just getting into a workforce and young generation is trying to figure out what they want to be, what they're going to, you know, entrepreneur, getting into a work job, uh, workforce or, or things like that. So there are a lot of opportunities if we are giving to this uh, young generation to do. Um, but there's always seem to be complex out there because of the social media, because of the society, because of the social, um, you know, complexities, I, I, I should say, right? It's not so easy, like how we used to, right? Our last yeah. generation, our, our old generation, you know, we are told to go, go to school, 
<laughs> right? Sure. Get your degree, get a good job, and then, you know, get into a family, get married, and then have children, live happily ever after. Those kind of things are changing, um, are, are becoming illusion now, right? I mean, there are so many other optional options for young generation, for the future generation, because they are, they are not with the mentality that way. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, yeah. I want you to, you know, share with me, I guess, um, we can cut and edit this. How is that being played in into your, um, uh, you know, what you're doing? And then, you know, maybe you have a message for us. Yeah, I think it's so this is where I'm saying they're changing. Things are changing. If you have empathetic leaders realizing the importance of them with their businesses aligning with a social cause, the same way it's important to you. You know how important it is that they have to push for fight for sustainability mm -hmm. in this world. So whether it happens, whether it never moves, they're going to align themselves with organizations like yourself, who also is are in tied with leaders who are in businesses who have the option. And what happens is they're putting themselves in access to people who really see right in These are real people who are concerned. They're not putting it on a paper. They're not just saying that to get yeah. a job. They're really con and then they get in involved yep. with people who are genuine. They're, they're crossing both sides. You have youth who value this and who are looking to get in corporate. Then you have a organization like yourself who's pushing it, whether they come or not. You're still going to push your agenda and your time yourself to leaders who are saying, "Hey, Nick, how can we help? Well, how do we push this forward?" In the same sense. You're connecting the dots. So now you're creating a circle and a vortex of people who are moving on the same line and doing that. So they are benefit. Yes, they, yes, everyone needs to find work. But in that process, they're also supporting something from a young age that is a leadership quality. They are concerned about somebody else aside from themselves at a time yeah. where they should be looking to go and many are still looking so i do think it does take leaders and roles to take a step down and look how can they go out and help because they're gonna help the next generation in doing it yeah because i think that's a very good point yeah paul um you know the baby boomers are ready to retire and some already yeah. are retiring right and then they're leaving the uh, the footprints and they're leaving the uh basically the business uh, community, while the generation XYZ are coming in. And then, you know, we have millions of them out here, right? We have millions um, are trying to figure out what's what what's out there. So we're looking into not just the business landscape here in, in, in the world, but also in the space now, right? And trying to figure yeah. out what's the next 20 years from now. So those are the kind of generation that I'm, I'm speaking about, speaking to, speaking with, that, you know, what, what's out there? Right. What, what yeah. the way they think is so has to be different. It cannot be the same way how it was, how we used to, right, Paul? You know, right? Like, you yeah. know, the way it is, is there's no really a structure. They make the structure. They are the makers, the pioneers to make that new landscape, whether in business, whether in, in social, whether in, in everything. Uh, they make all the rules now. I mean, rules per se, meaning that. Yeah. They are the creators. They're the innovators. So for us to look back and go, holy crap, if we're not doing it right, being leaders sure. ourselves, you know, what's going to happen to our kids, basically, right? To our next generation, the XYZ, especially the YZ, the Z, right? They're coming in. This is their first time experiencing global disruption, experiencing this lockdown. That's all they know now.
right? How old are they now? I mean, you know, they're, they're like maybe in their 20s, early 20s. What do they know? I mean, you know, they know a lot. They know about digital. They know about everything is, is in the hands of your handphone uh, can be ordered. <laughs> everything is fast. Everything is spontaneous. Everything can be exponential if they want to. Everything is, is uber friendly and things like that. Things that I don't know a lot of this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. What is going to be the next, right? Um, the basis empathy leader, you know, being empathetic, being kind, being this. I think I think that is a must. That is the ingredient um, of the uh, the foundation of leadership. I think, right? It's been one hundred percent, and I would say, I in my experience, it is not the loud mouth, brunt, over the top leader or boss that has ever made me scared or realize when, in fact, that's been the person I'm like, look, your emotion, your emotional, if you're like that, it's been very few. The toughest people that have, I've ever had to work with and deal and knew would not budge have kindly said, I'm not doing it. And this is the reason why, because it aligns with our purpose. I will look at those people who respond with, with empathy and show a cognitive level of a high awareness as to why the purpose as why they won't do it and tell you in a kind of compassionate way. They've given you every reason as to why they're not going to do it and a valid reason to support it because it usually aligns with a purpose or something deeper that is tied to it. You have to respect that and respond to it. Now, the person who's brunt and wants to just show their macho or whoever, they're, <laughs> they're the head persons, they're usually not tied to something moving. And that has been the case. So even for me, as a young boy, I saw my parents, I saw my father lead this way. And I think the youth need to see more leaders live it to see, okay, they're not just writing that textbooks. There's enough people living it to say that is a way to live. Now, not everybody's going to respond like this. There's just some people who don't think like that. They view it as a weakness and it's going to continue that. But I think large and there's people's a lot more people's eyes open to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. That that's very true. Spot on on that. Now um, I know this is probably side tangent and everything, but I want to get your um, pick your brain on this is, do you think education going to college, for example, will be a, an important aspect to their part of their success to getting a great job and things like that. I, I kind of know the answer already, but do you think that it would be, I mean, this is like a, a separate conversation. Uh. But it's a hot topic right now as far as for me, because I, I want to know whether or not that, hey, you know what, it's going to college important now uh, for the next generation, because college is such a, you know, um, I don't want to talk about this. I'm going to edit it. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. About this. Yeah. What do you so, think? So, to, so to me, I, they are so they have so much access to information. Half the stuff that we learned yes. in school, they can pull it up and tell you everything factually. Well, I've seen youth dispel some of the stuff that is the earth round is it flat or where it's not it's actually a hybrid of whatever the two are and then they'll get to the factual reason as to why that shows the ability to take information research it find it present an argument and do it those are qualities you would before would have to go to school and get experience for the test that you had to do it yet (laughs) yeah and yet they're coming out being able to show that quality, but hiring departments aren't recognizing the talent. They're not recognizing the talent of neurodiverse people who have such skill set to use in Timber, but 
they're using old standards to measure success. I am not an advocate for that you have to go to college to have success because you can create. I'm an advocate for a leader who's at a Fortune 500 company that's made two, $300 million, that has 10 kids in his neighborhood or her neighborhood saying, we have this idea, will you go back it up? Okay, fine, let's back it up and support it. Did you, what did you learn over those last four years? Okay, we've learned, we failed, but we will take from this and go forward. And in that process, maybe they take a course or two at a school or a university. I am an advocate, though, for a trade. If you're going to learn HVAC, if you're going to learn, if you're going to learn something like that and run a business, because with all this heat going, so your HVAC breakdown, you're going to pay whatever to get it back up. That's not a bad thing. That, you know, I feel people have look down on trade when they shouldn't. I'm saying if that requires you to go to school to perfect your profession, then go ahead and do it. If people haven't learned how to be empathetic or learn the social skills about it, then yeah, go to school, learn sociology, learn psychology, learn why those things are important. And he says, yeah, you do want your doctor to understand how to do stuff. Yeah. I mean, we spent so much hours in classroom, right? Yeah. From yeah. kindergarten all the way to do master's degrees <laughs> and it's like yeah. you know what do we use it now for um, yeah. you know and then i i think i think you know rivers crossing uh different states and things like that can be out yeah. of, it can be left out of, out of the, the the classrooms um i mean you know fun i i'm really huge advocate for financial preparedness for the yeah. next generation i think it's important and also you know me disaster yeah. preparedness uh, I think to, you know, the kids to know how to protect themselves, uh, to be safe, uh, to protect themselves, and then to be their own first responders until the professionals get there to, to save them um, is important, you know, sure. life saving skills, right? And the second thing is finances, the financial preparedness. How well can they, can they uh, manage their own money? I mean, you know, they don't have to wait until their 40s and 50s and they, you know, or broke and then don't know credit is bad and things like that right and yeah. not knowing the system and how things are and then learning it in a in a when they're 20 something and then get in debt yeah. and getting lost and you know sure. things like that so i think it's important to teach our kids uh those two aspects knowledge base um you know uh information skills i, I call it skills because i think you know people like you and i i mean we, we we've been you know, I've been in the industry, in the community where, you know, life savings. So I think, you know, we, we can teach that to our kids, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like what do you think? <laughs> yeah. No, I think they're definitely, that's the thing, teaching our son and kids how that is a foundational piece. You have to be able to sustain yourself. And I feel a lot of People, if they knew from a young age how to manage money, what was important, they would better be suited to take your time to then get educated. I feel you need to be educated, but it doesn't have to come from a school. I th There's some video on YouTube where a guy broke down the math. It was interesting. If you delayed four years college and worked at a job, I think it was 30, 35,000 years saved that then went to college after you would financially be in a better spot because you yes. went breaking down the $200 a month that they yes. broke that you stick in the savings. And then you speed up 
those things that are important to you. You can take 10,000 right. and go out and start a business while at the same time you're in school. You can take the time to get a There's so many options available if you would just start earlier. If you were aware of your options, I don't think a lot of people are one aware of options. And then two, I mean, more importantly, giving the opportunity to have it because you may be aware if you're not given the opportunity, then that's it. That also ostracizes a certain part of the demographics of, or, you know, where we live. Yeah. Have you ever thought who, who even created, you know, by 18, you get out of school and then you go straight to college. And yeah. I, I think that's just a, I think that's yeah. a, hey, it's a scam, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, go to, you graduate at 18 years of age and then you go to college for four years and after college and then go to uh, this undergraduate and then graduate school like I did and then twice um, and then you spend all of your life by the mid-20s in college and don't even have a job yet and then yeah. maybe, maybe now you get a job, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's time for all of us here to reflect. And I, whoever is listening right now, it is so true. It's outdated. The education system is outdated. I think it's time for us, this global disruption. Thank you for that. It's a yeah. opportunity to reflect and to evaluate our education system and what's mm-hmm. going on around the world, our business landscape, our education system. Um, and, and Paul has brought in a lot of here yeah. already about empathy, leadership. And I think, that's what we're talking about right now. I mean, you know, being, yeah. being kind. And I think that's going back to basic. Is there any other share that you would like to uh, convey to the audience's listeners regarding that book? I, it's definitely <clears throat> my story on how I feel has gotten me to that place. <laughs> and if you get it, and just take it with a grain of salt on you apply it to how you are. Now, I am being someone else pointed out to me that they view me as an empath. So this a lot of the way I think like this has been innate. I I sense it and I feel it. So if it's difficult for most, the, the way I like to frame it is if you saw a young child in the street trying to, to get help and need them, how would you help and guide something someone? who genuinely needed help. You're going to talk to them in a different way. You're going to show kindness. And it's like parents with kids. You're going to be kind with your kids. You're not going to be seen as nice when you need to make a tough decision. But most parents generally, if you're all in on it, want the best for them. So you have to be kind, but being nice is not your end goal. You're not trying to be their friend. You're trying to get them where they need to be. Those actions are different. So take it with it and apply it to where you, you need to be. Don't don't go out, read it, and start saying, yeah, I understand everything you're doing, and you haven't listened to what the people are doing. Everyone responds different to this. God, I like that a lot. You know, you just drive it home, you know, drive yeah. everything home and say, you know, you've got to have that wit and grit and uh, just kindness. I think we all need it, especially during this time right now. Um, yeah. I think, you know, you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a, it, it resonates with me very well, landed with me very well, Paul. Um, I think, you know, when you're listening right now and then you're, you know, young, young, sure. um, yeah, young and 
ready to embark the world, the journey. And uh, I hope that you're getting a lot of wisdom out of this, um, out of the share uh, as we, as Paul conveys his message. Uh, You know, I can talk all day about being kind because I can talk all day and then giving you examples of how being kind affects your life and also your mental health because it is, it is alignment with that. Because part of, um, you can tell us, because it's your show, (laughs) you tell us, how can it be aligned? Let me ask you that (laughs) with mental health. Well, I think there's science behind it that it just improves your overall being when you can give. When you're feeling down, I've seen a lot of the mental health professionals say, go be kind. You almost forget about where you are. I'll never forget when my brother had a missing trip. And at that time, he went in and he said, they went over there, they built a church for the young people. And he said he saw kids that had no shoes and sheer joy for having a place to go into a church. And when he came back to see here, it, it completely changed how he viewed his situation here. And, you know, not coming from much, it still had an impact. So you go in and you look at what you may be dealing with now. There's somebody who's way off worse than you. And that feeling, yes, you may impact them, but that's almost something you can never get back. That feeling that you felt when you helped someone who can't repay you. And that's one of my favorite quotes. I think it's John Bynum. You haven't lived a day until you've done something for somebody else who can never repay you. That's really the true measure when you've done something for somebody. They're not looking, you're not looking at anything returned from them. And that feeling that you get is priceless. Oh my gosh. It it landed well with me again. It it really did. It really did. I want to just pause a little bit, let it breathe a little bit and (laughs) resonate with me in my soul. Oh, Paul, you know what? I want to just, Chime in, three cents, words to the extent to what you just said. My son, um, as you already know, yeah, 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 he's been enduring this this um, thing going on since the beginning of the year, twenty twenty one, and during that time, you know, I was driving because he can't drive, and you know, I take him to get his juice, you know, his healthy juice and stuff like that. He loves to get one during the day. So after his hospital visits and all that. And um, after we got that, and then, you know, I said, oh, come on, hop in the car, you know, as we're leaving. And one guy approached him, approached my son, and just greeted him like, hey, like they know each other. I found out they don't know each other. Okay. So I was in the car. I, I watched the whole thing. And this is what my son does all the time because he would text me before. But I saw this whole thing, the whole episode right before my eyes. And I was crying inside the car. Uh, and then so the guy just like, hey, what you're doing, pal? I can hear him. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, remember me? Remember me? They were, you know, social distance and all of this stuff. And just elbow and this thing, you know, fist bumps. And then my son said, let's go here. They went to the next door, a Chinese restaurant. A few minutes later, they both walked out. The guy had a bag. And my son came inside the car. He's like, hey, mom. It's like, yeah, what's up? Oh, who was that? Oh, somebody. Okay, I just bought him food. <laughs> and like 10 bucks or something, you know, all he wanted to order. Yeah, just do it. Just go ahead and order whatever you want, he said. 
And I asked my son, oh, you don't know him? No. So, okay. Yeah, just do it because I think it's the right thing to do, mom. And he was, he was asking me for food, basically. And he said uh, he was one of my military friends. So happened, you know, my son is veteran. And he was a veteran too, he said, uh, because he had some veteran clothes on or things like that, in that nature. And when they were talking about military experiences, I guess, they wanted him. my son bought him food, basically. And then he does this not the first time. This is like multiple times again. But this time, I watched the whole thing. I cried. <laughs> See? See? My son yeah. is, is, is not, wasn't well between hospitals, right? And he still does what he does best, to serve others and to give others selflessly. Selflessly. <laughs> and, and, and see, this is see, that's what there's some things that the military just does where it brings out that innate quality, and and that's been some of the greatest allies I have ever had. That have been veterans, never seen race, creed, or color. They just see humans. Hey, let's get something done. And, and now your son speaks speaks exactly to that. It's been they've been some of the greatest allies towards me. It makes him feel good inside. No. And he, he just said, it's the right thing to do, mom. He doesn't care. He's just like, okay. <laughs> If it's like $20, okay. Yeah. Uh, he, he's done this before. And then he would text me. He's like, I just saw a couple, uh, you know, going through trash can. And they're, they just went through recycle, you know. And my son said, hey, wait a minute. Um, I'm about to buy food to get food dinner. Do you guys want to come in with me? And, you know. They're being invited. And then they said, no, 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 you know, kind of shy. No, 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 no. I'm serious. Let's just come with me. They all ate, the three of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, this is something that, you know, I don't know. What, I'm speechless. I, this is something that, of course, you, you got to be safe out there, right? You got to be safe. You got you to see your surrounding, your elements and things like that. You got to have to evaluate all of these things, you know. You, but at the same time, you have the empathy in you and you have that um, kindness and you, you, you come from the mentality that, you know, everybody is equal, right? Uh, perhaps this couple had gone through so much hardship that they lost what they used to have, right? Um, we, we, we've gone through those experiences before, not, not entirely, but I'm just saying that maybe they have gone through some extreme, right? Hardship. You never know. I mean, you know, no, no, so no. Uh, for, for you to be able to extend your empathy and your kindness, I think speaks volume. Then look at me in the social media. You know, I did this and I did that. Um, by the way, he, he doesn't have, he has social media, but he really posts and he doesn't post this stuff. Um, he doesn't post. He just tells me this thing and just like, hey, mom, I just saw this. I feel so bad, mom. Okay. As I said, kudos on you. God is watching you. And I hope that the couple... Will 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 receive more blessings in their lives, and that's what we do. We pray for them, right? Um, so I just want to extend those kind of stories because it's a real stories that I can share from my heart because I saw it myself, and um, you can't make this up. No, I remember talking to your son. It's wired all through him. I sensed that they mean he is wired with empathy all through him in his tone and his action. And, yeah. and that's what I'm talking about. They, these, you realize they have it. The one thing I picked up from the conversation with your son is he listens before he speaks. And when he, he hears what is being said, 
and even Pelzer. So no, I am not surprised 100% that that's how he would handle that because that's exactly what I picked up in our conversation, which son, you know, they, I, I, that's him. I would say that's 100% him. Yeah, I thank you yeah. so very much. Yeah. I think that you, you spoke with him a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. He is a great guy. He's been enduring a lot of, um, but a few <laughs> strain of um, hardships in the last few years, uh, which mm. I really, really can, you know, just I can, I can relate to. And he's not out of the darkness yet. Um, but, you know, kudos on him. I think the more that we as parents, you know, guide our children to the right direction as much as we can. Um, that's part of the empathy leadership as well, uh, part of the kindness, because, I mean, I can always say, you know, I don't have time for you. And then, you know, we can always like zone into our own world, um, you know, right. And be selfish. Yeah. Right? But, but there, there are people and there are children, there are generation, next generation also, as we embark to our, <laughs> retirement, you know, retiring and then going out of the business world. Yeah. Why are they going to do the youth, you know? But I'm tangent sure. right now. I can edit this. Um, right. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul. I mean, that's just <laughs> sharing stories like this is very, very, um, sure. I, I don't know, it's just very uh, inspiring. <laughs> I mean, to the heart. All right. All right. <laughs> very inspiring to heart. Okay. So, um, are there any exciting plans that you have in the near future? Um, are there any exciting plans that you have in the near future you would like to share with our listeners out there? No, there's uh, today. Stay tuned for some of the other things we're normally doing. We, we, we do try and consult and help others with empathy and business, if if that's how. But it, it was more so pushing towards what you're doing and trying to get awareness out with situational awareness and the foundations that you're supporting it and others as well. So. I really appreciate no, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing more. <laughs> so if I may offer information or offer um, or refer you to others, you know, who are listening right now, uh, they're looking, seeking your services. How can we reach you? So I am on LinkedIn or the personal site, and there is a free empathy guide on there if you go on the book section. So really where that came from, we're in supply chain and logistics, and I think a lot of those things are transferable in terms of how you have to pay attention to others. So it is geared towards a supply chain, but it's functional for um others as well so i i did do a workbook we're gonna have come out where you can take the i think it's 40 days and the premise on that is where you find a team member you find somebody else and and you take that time to learn each other how to interact and just go through it from your own notes and see the progress from doing it and keep repeating it until it becomes a habit. So basically take the 40 <laughs> days and really you go 90 days, but really the free empathy guide is basically at a high level of what I do daily and what we do daily to interact with vendors. And it can be applicable to all businesses or foundations. Great. Yeah. And you, you also have uh, social media, right? Besides LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Well, Instagram 
and Twitter. And it Twitter, does take, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does it does take me a while I know. sometimes to get on and, and do that stuff. So if I don't necessarily spawn, it's not that I, I don't uh, care. You're, you're there, a, right? Yeah, I'm there. So <laughs> you know? that's been the, that's been the biggest thing. You know, you post and you don't respond right away. And I I show in a compassionate way. I am not an influencer. It, it's more I will engage and I will. It just takes a minute. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're so old school. Yeah, I'm yeah. old school. I yeah. mean, I even hire people to do manage people how to do yeah. manage my, my stuff, and then they don't go well. So I was like, so, no, forget it. I'll do it myself. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just yeah. do it myself. And I can even do it myself. I was like, help. <laughs> yeah. It's too much, guys. I mean, we yeah. remember how it was. There was no social media. We spent so much time out there. <laughs> Throwing paper plates. It's like, hey, <laughs> now it's yeah. like, Push the button. Push button. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he is on Twitter, guys. He's on Twitter. Yeah. He's on Instagram. My goodness. And the best way to reach Paul Gunn Jr. is on LinkedIn. So yeah. you go on LinkedIn would be Paul Gunn Jr., right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's his um, last name, guys. Um, I really, truly appreciate you coming in here today. Sure. Just uh, sharing your story and then your really some of your gems, some of your really priceless tips and, you know, convey the messages to the youth and to the next generation. I think uh, empathy leadership is a must and we need to look on that and reflect ourselves as well. As we move forward to the future. And thank you for coming in here once again, and hopefully that you come back. And after the book is published, which is going to be September 21st, you said, right? Yeah, that's what they have now. So unless there's some delay, I think Simon and Schuster will update it. Okay. So. Then you will find all that information on his website, which is paulgun.com. No, that that's actually my dad. It's Paul Gunn Jr. So Paul Gunn Jr. dot com. There you go. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you gonna? You're gonna see that I aged a little bit. <laughs> it's been really wonderful. Yeah. Here, Paul, and uh, as always, um, you know, I'm inspired by you and by all of your stories shared and um, love to have you back here after your book is published and perhaps you have a follow-up conversation in my next podcast with you until then thank you so much you have been listening to nikki dares radio a podcast of sustainability with your host ms nikki dare Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's websites, education.nikkidare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. Please visit her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements, please email us at education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, Living in Purpose and Passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare. 